Hope. Hey, my name is Jeremy. I'm the campus pastor at Webster, and man, I am so excited to be here with you all this morning on Thursday for our TNT devotions. I do this right off the bat. We'd like to ask you to get into the chat boxes and let us know where you're joining from, but then do this thing for me. Let me know how cold it is where you're joining us from. I know we have some people joining us from a lot of different places, and uh, one of the things that uh, is very true of those of us that live, say, in South Texas is... Uh, uh, we get cold. It was 40, mid-40s here last night, which is basically below zero for everybody else in the known world. At least that's how we act. So anybody jumping in here this morning that it was colder than uh, colder than 43 or 45, whatever it ended up at last night, um, would I would love to love to know that. Okay, let me, before we jump into Proverbs chapter 27, let me remind you that our life groups are open and they're ready for you. Our life group finder is up. Um, in Matthew chapter 28, I want to give you kind of some context for why uh, we, we find life groups so important. Matthew chapter 28, uh, starting in verse 16, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. So this is right after Christ has risen, uh, shortly thereafter, and the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Keep that in mind. Some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The reason I, uh, I love this passage, I want to spend a little bit of time on it this morning about life groups is simply this. Here's the disciples meeting up with a resurrected Christ. And the scripture actually says, some of them fell in worship while others stood off at a distance and doubted. That doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me that, that you could see the resurrected Christ and stand at a distance and doubt. But here's what I do know. It's true in our life. That there are times where it is easy to worship God. And there are times where we're kind of standing off to the, to the edge and standing off at a distance. And we're filled with doubt. and We're wrestling with the, the doubts that are in our head. Here's the point. As, as, as they were gathered there, all wanting to follow Christ in the way that he had taught them. So we're gathered here this morning, and we all want to follow Christ. Um, but uh, some people may be standing off at a distance and doubting. And the beauty of life groups is when it's easy to follow Christ, when it's easy to worship Christ, you get to pick your head up every now and then, grab one of those that's standing off at a distance and doubting and say, listen, together you and me, we're going towards Christ. And because there's, there's going to be a day where you're off to the edge and you're kind of wrestling with your own doubts. And here comes somebody from your life group. Here comes somebody in your uh, that, that you know that's going to put their arm around you and say, you and me together, we are going towards Christ. So get into a life group. Get into a group with some other people that are going towards Christ. And there's going to be days where they're going to have to carry you. There's going to be days where you have to carry them. Um, but the end result is that we'll all go into all the world and we'll get to share the message of Jesus Christ. So uh, the Texas translation of that, Jesus actually says, all y'all go into all the world. So be part of the all y'all. Go get into a life group, man. I'd love to I'd love to see you in there. We've got virtuals. We've got online onlys. We have uh, in-persons. We have all kinds of, so just go, go get in there. Go get in there. Um, if you've been with us over the last several weeks now, you've been walking through the book of Proverbs with us. Incredible wisdom. Um, some interesting sayings, some interesting things uh, that are that are packed into this little book. And um, I, I know that some people like to read uh, one chapter of Proverbs every single day for a month. 
because uh, there's 31. So most months, you know, you have 30 or 31 days. Uh, it's a good just reminder of the wisdom of God. But all that being said, we're in Proverbs chapter 27 this morning, okay? I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So if you've got a different one, it's going to read a little bit different, but by and large, it's going to be pretty much the same. Verse 1, Solomon comes out hot. He comes out swinging. Verse number 1, don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Uh, some translations actually use the word boast in there instead of brag, uh, but the idea is the same. That if there's anything this world has taught us, and if there's anything this last year has taught us, it's that we don't know what tomorrow could bring. Could be anything. Now, I don't want you to really read that verse and hear something like this. I don't want you to read it and hear, don't brag about tomorrow because tomorrow is likely to be awful. I don't want you to hear that because as followers of Christ, we have the privilege and it's a privilege. We have the privilege of having the most hope of anyone when we look at tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow will be the day that your doctor looks at you and says the cancer is in remission. Be awesome. Maybe tomorrow's the day that your neighbor finds faith in Jesus Christ. That would be awesome. When you watch the news tonight, if you do so, I'm not recommending it, but I'm telling you that if you watch the news tonight, you might think Jesus has to come back tomorrow. And maybe he will, but we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but we have a great hope in a great God who holds tomorrow in his incredibly capable hands. So this verse is less about tomorrow might be dangerous and a disaster, and it's more a reminder to live today, to be 100% present where you are currently today, to love the people around you, to throw away that bad habit that you've been trying to get rid of. Today's a good day to do it. Today's a great day to say yes to God. Today's a great day to find forgiveness or maybe give forgiveness. Today, today, do that today because we have no idea what tomorrow might look like. All right, let's pick it up then in verse two. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. Anger is cruel and, and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. An open rebuke is better than hidden love, and wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I love I love verse 6. It's just such a, an interesting way of, of talking about our relationships. So uh, in, this, in these, these verses, Solomon lays out some things that we can take care of today and not carry into a tomorrow that is fully and wholly unknown to us. Uh, here's, here's what he says we should leave behind. Resentment, anger, wrath, jealousy, and hidden love. And don't take those things to bed with you tonight. And for all that's good in the world, don't wake up in the morning and pick them up off the nightstand and take them into tomorrow with you. We have no idea what, what tomorrow might bring. We don't need anything. We don't need to take anything with us that's going to impact what tomorrow may already have. And so we don't need any extra weight from today or yesterday going into tomorrow with us. Now, if you're like me, excuse me, if you're like me, you probably have some regrets in your life. You look back on some things that you wish would have turned out different or you would have made a different decision. Uh, maybe a relationship that broke down that you're uh, you look back on longingly and wish you could somehow go back and make it different. Uh, maybe you picked up a habit somewhere along the way and your habit became an addiction and it's, it's controlling your life now. Maybe, maybe you along the way promised God something and then you absolutely failed to follow through on that promise to God. We've all been there. We all sin. Everyone falls short of the glory of God. But I've learned along the road of life 
that it's just not that easy carrying all the weight from the regrets of yesterday and many yesterdays. Man, let me just tell you, yesterday is heavy. Today, today's a great day to lose all that extra weight from yesterday. We have no idea what, what might come our way tomorrow. So don't take extra weight with you. Better to lose yesterday's weight today and head into tomorrow with our burdens lifted and our hearts clean. Resentment, anger, wrath, jealousy, hidden love. Let's lose those today. Let's let's be done with them. And, and in a few minutes here, when, uh, when we get to the end, I'm going to pray that, that the Holy Spirit would come and help us to remove those things and be done with those things in our life. All right, let's pick up Proverbs uh, in verse 8. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor, parentheses, who is close, than to a brother who lives far away. Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad. Then I will be able to answer my critics. So the writer here kind of makes a transition. He goes from telling us what not to take into tomorrow and begins to tell us what we should and can take into tomorrow. Um, so we're going to leave a bunch of things in yesterday. One thing that we're definitely going to need tomorrow, though, is our family and our friends. Look at these words in verses 8, 9, 10, and 11. Friend, father, brother, neighbor, my child. And we're not just taking them with us. Uh, we're not just dragging them into tomorrow with us, but we're taking their heartfelt counsel that is as sweet as perfume and incense. You know, I've got some, some really close friends and an incredible family that I lean on when I'm going through some of the hardest parts of life. And if you're a parent, um, if you've ever been a parent, if you've ever talked to another human being, you know that there are just hard parts of life. Um, and those hard parts are the kind of things that just might be in our tomorrow. Um, I've called these people in tears before. I've had them sit with me in silence while I just process what is going on around me and what God is saying to me. Um, there's, there's one particular moment uh, that I think really captures why we need uh, to take these friends into our tomorrow. Like a, lot of, like a lot of you, we were impacted pretty heavily by Hurricane Harvey back in 2017. Um, we got about two feet of water in the house and two feet of water if you, were, if you had water in your house, if you um, went out and helped anybody to, to, get, uh, to muck out their house, if you were part of any kind of the recovery process, you see how, just how simply destructive water can be. So we had, we had about two feet in our house, more or less. And uh, when it came time to start cleaning it out and rebuilding and doing all that kind of stuff, man, we had so many friends that just showed up. Um, and they did the, the, the kindest thing in the world they could do. They ripped our house apart. They took all of our earthly possessions that were soaked and filthy. They took them and they, they made the biggest, nastiest, stinkingest, soakingest pile of junk in our front yard. Everything I owned in my front yard, some of it was taller than I was. And they worked for days like that, tearing out sheetrock. Uh, I had friends that called and, and let us borrow vehicles, literally, literally fed and clothed us at times because, um, um, well, most of our, all of our food was ruined in the flood and most of our clothes were ruined in the flood. And uh, the thing that broke my wife's heart the most in all of it was that she had a roast in the fridge ready to go for Sunday. And by the time we got back to it on Wednesday, it was not in good shape. I remember the smell of that roast will never leave my nostrils. But they literally fed and clothed us, close friends, family. Um, I don't ever want to go through that again. 
but I also don't want to think about what it would be like to go through it without them in my life, without them loving on us, caring for us, and walking with us. That was a day where I was standing a little further away and I needed somebody to put their arm around me and walk with me. So keep them close. Keep friends close. Keep your family close and take them into tomorrow with you. Don't, don't abandon them, the scripture says. Don't, don't abandon them. The end result of keeping our godly friends and our, and our godly family around us is that tomorrow we'll be wise and we'll make wiser choices. And I think we all want to make better choices tomorrow than we did today and than we did yesterday, that we're learning from it. And our friends can help us learn even more. And our family can help us make wiser choices as we go along. And then he says, if you do that, the writer of Proverbs says, you will make my heart glad. It's a pretty cool thing that uh, simply by making the right choices and keeping the right people around us, we can make other people's hearts glad. Uh, we, can, we can bring them joy as well. So verse 17, is, as, as we continue on through, through uh, uh, Proverbs 27, verse 17 is quoted a lot. It's on t-shirts. Um, it's used for, uh, you know, like uh, small groups and life groups, that kind of stuff a lot. And, and I love it. It's quoted for good reasons. But when we see it in the context of the, the whole chapter, I think it has even more power. Verse 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We need those people to take into tomorrow with us who will make us sharper who will make us better, who will make us, uh, who will give us opportunities to make wiser choices and be better, be better people, be better followers of Christ tomorrow than we were today and we were yesterday. Now, if you're this morning, if you're going through your, your Rolodex, your mental Rolodex of your friends, and, and if you're young enough that you don't know uh, what a Rolodex is, um, just imagine taking all of the contacts in your phone, writing all of their information by hand on index cards, punching holes in the index cards, and then putting those on a big rotating kind of a spinner thing on your desk. And that was how we used to have our contacts list. So um, if you're going through your mental Rolodex, if you're kind of scrolling through your contacts list this morning and you're realizing, I don't have very many, or maybe I don't have any godly friends and family around me, uh, let me make a strong plug for life groups. Uh, a good friend of mine, one of the guys that helped us out post Harvey says all the time, he says, all of life's problems are solved in life groups. And he's 100% right. Get into a life group. There's going to be days where you get to be the one to go grab the ones that are on the edge and take them towards Christ. And there's going to be a day where you're on the edge, uh, kind of standing off doubting. And you need somebody who says, listen, brother, listen, sister, we're going to get through this together, together. And you're going to make their heart glad as you become wise with them. So uh, go get into a life group. Um, so then the chapter kind of, kind of comes in for a landing here at the end. We're going to pick it up in verse 23. Uh, the writer has said, here's what not to bring into tomorrow. Here, Don't bring wrath, anger, jealousy, uh, hidden love. If you love somebody, let them know it. Um, here's what you do bring into tomorrow. Your family, your friends, and, and these experiences are going to walk with you, knowing that God's already in your tomorrow. Um, and then he kind of, he, he lands it here with, with uh, we'll pick it up in verse 23. He says, know the state of your flocks. Put your heart into caring for your herds. For riches don't last forever. Remember that. Riches don't last forever. And the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is harvested and the new crop appears and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing and your goats will provide the price of a field. And you will have enough goat's milk for yourself, your family, and your servant girls. So I'm going to rabbit trail for just a second if it's all right with you this morning. Um, never had goat's milk. Just honest, confessional moment. Never had goat's milk, I don't think. It's just, it's not what I grew up on. If you grew up on it, in fact, if you've ever had goat's milk, would you get into the chat and just, I just want to know that there are people out there that have actually had 
goats but not goat cheese goat milk okay so if you've done that let me know I, I'm, I'm just genuinely curious about it um, but I read verse 27 you'll have enough goat's milk for yourself and your family and and others around you and I think well that's not a lot of goat's milk for me God we don't drink goat's milk but cow's milk it's a different story for me um, I have a 14 year old daughter a 16 year old son and a 20 year old son all living at home with me right now and they're home more than they ever have been because of the pandemic and I can tell you that that crew can go through a lot of milk uh, in a hurry. I have made many a late night, many an early morning run to the grocery store because uh, either somebody finished off the milk or they finished off all but the last few drops of milk and then put the container back in the fridge. Your kids have never done that, have they? Uh, so those, those late night, those early morning runs, here's one thing that's never happened. I've never walked into the grocery store and they've been out of milk. Um, I hope that milk doesn't become the toilet paper and Clorox wipes of 2020. Um, I hope that I never get to a point where I walk in and there's just no milk anywhere. But if it happens, if it so happens that the store that I go to doesn't have milk, even if they don't have any, I'm not going to panic. I'm just not. Because God's got me on this. He's my provider. Not H-E-B, not Kroger, not Aldi, not Walmart, not whatever grocery store you go to, God is my provider. He's yours too. And he makes sure that we always have enough of what we need. Um, so anyway, back to problems. Riches don't last. That crown, that inheritance, that nest egg, that 401k, that, that life insurance, that may not make it to the next generation. So be faithful with what God has given you today. Be obedient to God today. You will always have enough for you and your family and you'll have enough to be a blessing to the people around you. God's promise, God's promise to his children is that he will be our provider. And he's the God of the harvest. So he's got the ability to bless us in like buckets. Uh, so, so do what's right today. Take care of your herd today. Deal with it today. Forgive who you need to forgive. Change what you need to change. Love someone and let them know. Stop doing that thing. Start doing this thing. So good seed. So good seed today. Paul says it like this in Galatians 6. I'll pick it up in verse 7. He says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to testify to their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So, Let's not get tired doing what is good. Verse 9, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Today, today do what is good. Today do what is right. And just don't give up because at just the right time, I love how verse 9 says that, at just the right time, God will give us a harvest of blessing. So do what's right today. Trust God with your tomorrow. Yesterday's heavy. Tomorrow's unknown. So do what is right today. New Hope, I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray that God would help us to lay down our yesterdays and not worry about our tomorrows and live today as followers of him. Can I pray with you? Lord, I uh, just want to start by saying thank you for the wisdom in Proverbs. Thank you for what we have learned along the way. Um, thank you for this gathered group of people who want to walk towards you together. Uh, Father, some days that's easy and some days that's a little more difficult for us. And thank you that you have brought us together so that we can all, all of us, walk towards you 
together. Uh, Lord, for, for some of us, for a lot of us, maybe for all of us, there's some weight from yesterday and yesterday has gone by uh, that we still drag around with us. Holy Spirit, would you come and show us where we have resentment in our heart and would you help us to be rid of it? Holy Spirit, would you come and show us where we have jealousy and help us to lay it down? Would you show us where our anger is and help us to not live in that anger and to set it down, to lay down the weight of yesterday? And if there's places and people in our heart that we love and we have not told them lately, help us to do that today. Today's a great day for that. Holy Spirit, help us to show people and tell them how much we love them. Um, and then, God, we pray about our tomorrow. Man, we have no idea what tomorrow might hold for us, Lord. But we know who holds tomorrow, Lord, and that is you and you alone. Tomorrow's not tomorrow to you. You're already in it. You already know what it's going to bring. So, God, today we trust you with our tomorrow. And today we live in obedience. And today we say yes to you, God. Today um, we draw up friends and family around us to walk with us into tomorrow because we're going to need them. They're going to make us better. They're going to make us stronger. They're going to help us when we get weak. They're going to help us make wise decisions. Lord, thank you for godly friends, and godly families, those godly people you've put around us that can walk with us into tomorrow. Uh, and Lord, if tomorrow's a great day for us, it may not be a great day for somebody in our life. May, may we be uh, sensitive to that and ready to go put our arm around them and walk with them as we go towards Christ. And maybe tomorrow's going to be a tough day for some. Lord, thank you for the friends and family that you've put around us who will put their arm around us and walk with us as we walk towards you. Lord, thank you so much for the great gifts you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that you promised to be our provision and our provider, that we would reap a harvest at just the right time. So Lord, today help us to live as you would have us to live so that tomorrow you will, uh, you'll meet us there and you'll be our provider and our provision. Lord, thank you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. New Hope, I love you. It's always an honor to be here. Always a joy to share the word of God with you. Um, and if I haven't said it yet this morning, two things. One, I love you. I love you, New Hope. Number two, our life group finder is open. Go get in a life group. Get around some godly men, some godly women, some godly friends who will walk with you towards Christ. Go have a great Thursday, guys. We'll see you this weekend, 7 o'clock tonight, 8.15, 9.45, and 11.15 on Sunday morning. Love you, New Hope.